In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We'll study tonight John chapter 9, starting from verse 24. الأول هتكلم بالإنجليزي وبعد كده هد ملخص بالعربي. John chapter 9 is the story of healing the man who was born blind. And in the first 23 verses, after the Lord healed the man who was born blind, they questioned the man who healed him and they brought the parents of the man to ask him, to ask them about who healed him. But the parents admitted that this man is their son and he was born blind and now he can see. But they were afraid to admit that Jesus is the one who healed him because the Jews decided if anyone confessed that Jesus is the Messiah or the Son of God will be kicked out of the synagogue. So, starting from verse 24, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. So, they called him for the second time. And the expression, give God the glory, is used several times in the scripture, like in Joshua 7.19, and in 1 Samuel 6.5, and in Azra 10.11. In all these references, when they say, give God the glory, this biblical phrase places the person like under oath to say the truth. So it is clear that the rulers here, they were investigating this man who was born blind, but they were not doing this with an open heart and with an open mind because they told him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. So their mind were made up that Jesus is a sinner. And they were just looking for ways to justify their pre-existing conclusion, despite the evidence of the miracle that Jesus healed the eyes and uh, of this man who was born blind. So if they could not break down the blind man's testimony, they would feel justified in their views and could discredit Jesus before the people. So their goal is to make this man testify against Jesus in order to discredit him. And they tried to dictate what they wanted him to say when they told him, we know that this man is a sinner. They wanted him to say that the Lord pretended to be a prophet, but he transgressed the law 
because he healed him on the Sabbath. And if the man said this, he would please them. And while they put him under oath, they wanted him not to say the truth, but rather to admit that Jesus is a sinner. Uh, so the ha he has two options. Either to say that Jesus is a sinner or not to please them. And if he did not please them, they will kick him out of the synagogue. But the man did not pay attention to them and refused to admit that Jesus is a sinner. He replied to them in verse 25. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. So in the simplicity of his heart, the blind man just said the truth. He became a true witness for the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And failing to establish their denial of the fact, they repeat their questioning as to the means used, how he healed you. As we read in verse 26, then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Now, they couldn't actually get a testimony about that he is a sinner. So now they repeated questioning about the means, how he did it. They were only asking in hopes they could find something in the story to discredit the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Balaam in the Old Testament, he wanted to hear more and repeated more questions to God in hopes that the story would change and he would find something that fit what he wanted to hear. The man became weary of this cross-questioning because the purpose of which is not sufficiently clear to him. They asked this question to him before and he answered in detail. The first answer was very detailed in verse 15, in verse 7. Then he gave another brief answer in verse 15. So the first one, detailed answer in verse 7, a brief one in verse 15. But here he refused to repeat. But how he replied to them in verse 27, he told them, he answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? I said it twice before. Do you also want to become his disciples? Now he is asking them a question about their motive of repeating the question. What's your motive? Do you want to be his disciples? That's why you are asking the question again and again. And in saying this, he raised indirectly 
and probably he was sarcastic, the issue of their motive. What is your motive? If they did not want to be Jesus' disciples, then why keep going over and over the story? The facts were not clear. To him, the motives, sorry, the motives were not clear to him, although the facts that he healed his eyes was very clear. So, the only possible motive, if they don't want to be his disciples, is to discredit the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they have been given the proof, but they did not accept it. And yet they are asking for more proof. So what is the point in continuing to repeat what they have already heard? It is proper to question them and throw the responsibility back in their laps to give answers. The blind man challenged them to show what is wrong with the answer or why they don't accept it. But nothing is to be gained by going around and around the same circle. And when the blind man pointed out that the Jews had no sensible motive for their continued investigation, they reviled him, saying there were disciples of Moses, not of Jesus, as we read in verse 28. Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. So, they were convinced uh, that Moses was from God, but could not tell where Jesus was from. When they could no longer resist the truth, they turned the language of abuse. This is what anyone who adheres to the truth expects, to be abused. They boasted of their relationship to Moses, the prophet. He was their teacher, and they did not need to seek another teacher like Jesus. And previously, in chapter 8, they had boasted before the Lord that they were Abraham's children. And now they were proud to be Moses' disciples. However, they were estranged from Abraham's children and Moses' disciples because of their deeds and thoughts. If they were truly the children of Abraham, they would have seen with him the day of the Lord and would have rejoiced. And if they were truly Moses' disciples, they would have adhered to the Lord Jesus Christ, whom Moses foresaw rather than to resist the Lord Jesus. And they presented proof to justify their pride that Moses were their teacher and that 
the word of God came to him. Yet they did not understand that the Lord Jesus Christ was himself the word of God who became man. Yes, there is no conflict between Jesus and Moses. It was not an either-or situation. Actually, Moses pointed out to Jesus. So, verse 30, The man answered and said to them, Why this is a marvelous thing? that you do not know where he is from, where Jesus is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has, not, it has been unheard of that anyone, including Moses and Abraham, opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So here actually the blind man puts two contradictory positions. Their assertion that they did not know by what authority Jesus did these things. They didn't know where he is from. But on the other side, the evident fact that he opened his eyes. So he's telling them, now I told you that he opened my eyes. This is a fact. How you do not know then where he is from? These are contradicting each other. The blind man could not reconcile their statement with what he knows to be true. And he states his wonder in the strongest form. The blind man was astonished that the Jewish leader did not consider the Lord to be a prophet. Indeed, he had done works that Moses the prophet had not, such as opening the eyes of someone who had been born blind. And he told them, God does not hear sinners. In making this statement, the blind man stated a principle that's confirmed in the scripture. God does not hear sinners but he will hear one who does God's will and worships him and lives the life of repentance. Neither Moses nor the prophets have ever opened the eyes of a man who was born blind. So if this person then were not the best of being, would God grant him a privilege which he has up till now denied to his great prophets like Moses, like Abraham. So his argument answered each of their assertions. assertions. His general assumption 
admitted as a universal truth, God does not hear sinners. So, this statement, God does not hear sinner, had denied their assertion that Jesus is a sinner. Because if Jesus is a sinner, how God listened to him? And his conclusion that because God listened to him, then this man is from God. So now he is replying to their assertion that this man is not of God. So now he was able to make a very just conclusion. God is the foundation of all good. And God is the fountain of all goodness. All good must proceed from him. And no good can be done but through him, through God. If this person, Jesus, were not commissioned by the good God, he could not perform such beneficent miracles as these. Verse 34, they answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. So the rulers responded with typical of prejudiced people, determined at all costs to defend their position regardless of the facts and the truth. They had been totally unable to refute the evidence of the blind man or find any flaw in it. Yet they concluded that the blind man was born in sin and could not possibly teach them anything. So they cast him out of the meeting. And all this despite of the evidence. The claim that he was born in sin refer to the concept that the disciples asked the Lord Jesus Christ who have sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind. So the idea was that the man was born blind, therefore he must have committed some horrible sins. They immediately excommunicated the man, drove him from their assembly with despise and forbade his further appearing in worship of God. Thus a simple man, guided by the spirit of the truth and continuing steady in his testimony, utterly confounded the most eminent Jewish doctors. And when they had no longer either reason or argument to oppose to him as a proof of their embarrassment and of their reproach and shame, they had to choose the secular arm. What I mean they chose the secular arm. They silenced by political power this man. They silenced him whom they had neither reason nor religion to withstand.
What happened after they kicked him? Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. It's clear that the Lord was looking for the man and wanted to find him. He did not find he did find him when the Pharisees had thrown him out and deprived him of being a member of God's people. His parents probably had refused to welcome him to their house for fear they would have meet the same treatment and the same fate. But God of the banished and abandoned found him. There is such beauty in this statement, he had found him. As if Jesus went looking for the man as until now he is looking for each one of us. Yes, Jesus is the promised good shepherd and he is in search of lost lambs. The Jews had cast him out of the temple and the Lord of the temple found him. And when Jesus asked if the man believed in the Son of God, the man asked who he was who the Son of God was, so he could believe in him. Jesus' question was obviously asked to get this response. Then Jesus stated that he himself was the one, the Son of God. The man confessed to Jesus, saying that he believed and he then worshipped Jesus. I want you to notice here the power of the man's conviction. As a result of witnessing this great miracle, the man was ready to accept as divine whomever was indicated by Jesus, the one who healed him. He was certain that the one who had healed him was a prophet from God. That's why he was able to heal him. So, Whatever this man is saying will be the truth. St. Augustine said, Now with the face of his heart washed, so his heart is washed from blindness, and with his conscience cleansed, he acknowledges Jesus to be not only Son of Man, but the Son of God. Then verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who may see may be made blind. 
So these words arise immediately out of what has preceded. This blind man who was a beggar before had passed from a state of physical blindness and has received the faculty of sight. He has also passed from the state of spiritual blindness and has received the power to recognize and believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He did not see, but the result of the manifestation of the Messiah is for him that he now does see, physically and spiritually. Conscious of his own spiritual blindness, he asked the Lord, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him, the Son of God? And it was given to him as to every earnest and humble seeker after the truth. Seek and it will be given to you. In marked contrast to this spirit of humility and desire to come to the light was the attitude of the Pharisees. They claimed to have the key of knowledge and conscious of their on spiritual light, they felt no need for a truer light. Therefore, they could not see it. This passing from darkness to light and from light to darkness suggests thoughts which our Lord has already uttered before, like in John 3, 17 to 19, and he will repeat again, like in John 12, 37 to 50. Jesus said, for judgment, for judgment I have come into the world. But before Jesus said in chapter 5 and chapter 8, I did not come to judge the world. But now in chapter 9, he said, for judgment I have come to this world. So is there any contradictory teaching before he said, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And now he is saying, for, a jud- for judgment I have come into the world. Because then sometimes Jesus does not pass judgment, but sometimes he makes judgment like here. How can we understand this? By shining on those that are sitting in darkness, those enlightened by his light become a cause of condemnation to those who have loved the darkness more than the light. So the the judgment here is not an active judgment, but it is a byproduct, outcome, the result of shining on the people who are sitting in darkness and shadow of death. As if they condemned themselves. Those who accept the Lord Jesus Christ see the light spiritually. 
So, judgment is not the ultimate end of his coming. It's not the purpose of his incarnation. Because he came to save the world. That is the, the goal. He came to save the world. But the judgment here came as a result. People believed in him and were saved. But those who rejected him, they were judged and condemned. And the special form of the word translated here judgment in the Greek language, in the Greek original, is used nowhere else by St. John. And the word in Greek indicate that what is here thought of is not the act of judging, it's not active judgment, but just mere result, the sentence pronounced after the judgment. So, he is coming to bring light into darkness of men's heart. That is the purpose of his incarnation, to bring light to the darkness in the people's heart. And this light will be attesting for the false and the true. Men who will accept the light, they are enlightened. But those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ, they pronounce it a judgment on themselves. So it is not active judgment by Jesus, but they pronounce it judgment on themselves. Verse 40 and 41. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, if you admitted that you are blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, you are in denial, therefore your sin remains. So the Pharisees understood Christ as speaking of blindness in a spiritual sense, not physical sense, and wished to know if he considered them to be spiritually blind. So Jesus' judgment of the Pharisees is that they can see physically and they are capable of being open to also see spiritually if they acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, if they confessed their sins, if they repented. But they do not have the desire to see the truth. Therefore, they are not worthy of the kind of the sight he is offering. So, so the point is that if they would admit that they had been wrong and spiritually blind, if you admit that you are spiritually blind, if they would repent of their sins and of their rejection of him, then they could be forgiven and thus they would not have any sin. But as long as they continued to claim that they had sight, 
They are not blind. They would remain in sin. Because as long as they continued to claim that they had the truth and other peoples like the blind man were in error, they would refuse to recognize their own sins. So they would continue in the sins. The only way to remove sin is to admit that you have been in the darkness and error. Then there is hope that you will search for the truth and search for the light and you will be saved. These Pharisees would not admit they were in darkness, so they remained in darkness. If they were ignorant and had neither read the scripture nor seen the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe they wouldn't be guilty of the sin of infidelity. But now, as they boast in the language of the scripture, and they were saying, who are the disciples of Moses and the children of Abraham, so now they are inexcusable. They don't have any excuse. If they had humility enough to acknowledge their blindness and ignorance, and seriously to seek for a remedy, they would soon be delivered from sin and freed from the evil of blindness. This way, chapter 9, we finish chapter 9. I will give summary in Arabic. Had the ikhtisar kida bil Arabi, had the dinam in ayah 23 in Ingil Yohanna Sah Tisa. Arfin Ingil Yohanna Sah Tisa. ده صح الإنسان المولود أعمى وده بيتقري مرتين في الأحاد المرة اللي كلكم عارفينها اللي هي إيه حد التناصير لكن بيتقري مرة تانية في آخر حد في طوبة تعرفين في طوبة بنحتفل بإيه بنحتفل بعيد الغطاس عشان كده الكنيسة بتكلمنا عن معمودية أكثر من مرة ففي الحد الرابع من طوبة بنرى إنجيل الإنسان المولود أعمى لأنه بيفكرنا بالمعمودي هذا الإنسان ندو وقالوا له أنت كنت أعمى قال لهم آه أنا مولود أعمى قالوا له من شفاك فحكى لهم القصة أن يسوع هو لشفاني طبعا دي ضيقتهم لأن هاي المعجزة أن يسوع شاف الإنسان مولود أعمى ممكن ده يكون دليل قوي على ألوهية المسيح وعلى إنه هو المسيح فرحوا يجيبوا الأب والأم يسألوهم لعل الأب والأم يقولوا ده مش ابننا ده بيجزب ده ما تولدش أعمى أي حاجة لكن الأب والأم قالوا إن فعلا ده ابننا وفعلا كان مولود أعمى وفعلا دلوقتي بيبصر بس مين شفاء ما نعرفش هو كامل السن يسألوه هم خافوا لألا يخرجوهم من المجمع فما قالوش فكل الإجابات دي ديتهم لأن الإجابات دي كلها بتثبت أن يسوع هو مين هو المسيح وهم عايزين يقولوا لا عشان كده نادوا الإنسان المولود أعمى مرة تاني زي ما نعرف آية 23 في آية 24 
فدعوا ثانية الإنسان الذي كان أعمى ندو تاني وقالوا له اعطي مجنا لله لما كان في العهد القديم يقولوا الواحد اعطي مجدا لله أكنه بيحلف فيعني عشان يقول الحق وقالوا له نحن نعلم أن هذا الإنسان خاطئ يبقى هنا لما بيسألوه مش بيسألوه عشان يعرفوا الحقيقة إنما بيسألوه بيقولوا له بص اعطي مجدا لله الإنسان ده خاطئ فكانوا متوقعين يقولهم فعلا هو ده خاطئ يبقى بالطريقة دي خلص الموضوع فهم بيسألوا السؤال ده مجرد عشان ياخدوا منه الإجابة اللي هم عايزين يسمعوها إن دي يسوع ده خاطي فرح قال لهم أخاطئ إن هو لست أعم إنما أعلم شيء واحد إن كنت أعمى والآن أبصر قال لهم أنتوا بتقولوا عليه خاطي أنا ما أعرفش لكن الحقيقة الوحيدة اللي عارفها ان انا كنت اعمى ودلوقتي انا بشوف فهنا ما ادلهمش الاجابة اللي هم عايزين يسمعوها فيعملوا ايه رجعوا تاني سألوه سؤال لتالت مرة قالوا له ماذا صنع بك كيف فتح عينيك هو جاوبهم مرتين قبل كده الاجابة الاولى كانت اجابة مفصلة الإجابة التانية إجابة مختصر فبيسألوا لي المرة التالتة طب هما بيعيدوا بيسألوا لي نفسهم أن يلاقوا حاجة غلط يمسكوها فيقولوا أن يسوع ده مش هو المسيح فهنا في المرة التالتة مرداش يجاوبهم لكن عايز ابتدى يشير إلى الدوافع بصوا كده جوا قلبكم تعملين تسألون السؤال ده مرة واثنين وثلاثة ليه فعش كده أجابهم قد قلت لكم ولم تسمعوا أنا قلت لكم مرتين قبل كده وانتم ما سمعتوش لماذا تريدون أن تسمعوا أيضا إيه الهدف من وراء السؤال بتاعكم فكروا وفحص نفسك إيه الهدف هل علكم أنتم تريدون أن تصيروا له تلاميذ أكن بيقول لهم بصوا يا جماعة أسئلتكم ديا لها هدفين الهدف الأول لها هدف من اتنين يا إما أنت بتسأله عشان تتأكده تبقوا تلاميذ له يا إما أنت بتسأله بدافع وحش علشان تنكروا المعجزة الكبيرة اللي هو عملها مفيش دافع تاني يا ده يا ده فشوفوا أنت بتسألوني ليه أنت عايزين تبقوا تلاميذ له وربما يكون قال الجملة دي بنوع من أنواع السركازم يعني فشتموه وقالوا له أنت تلميذ ذاك أما نحن فإننا تلميذ موسى في ذهنهم موسى ده إحنا عارفين مين موسى ده ربنا ظهر له على العليقة وربنا كلمه ربنا دلو لحي الشريعة وإحنا تلميذ موسى إنما ده مين ده إحنا ما نعرفوش ده أنت بقى تلميذه يعني لما يقولك شتموه قالوا له أنت تلميذ ذاك قالوا هالو باستهزاء كده باحتقار انت تلميذه اما احنا تلاميذ موسى في الصح اللي فات قالوا نحن زرية ابراهيم احنا اولاد ابراهيم بس لو كان اولاد ابراهيم ربنا قالوا ابراهيم تهلل ان يرى يوم فرق وفرح 
فلو هم أولاد إبراهيم لما كانوا شافوا يسوع كان المفروض يأمنوا بيه وفرحوا ولو هم تلاميذ موسى موسى تنبأ عن المسيح قال من وسطكم يقيم لكم الرب كانوا أمنوا بالمسيح وقالوا للإنسان قالوا له نحن نعلم أن موسى كلمه الله أما هذا فما نعلم من أين هو قالوا نحن عارفين موسى ده ربنا كلمه وربنا اداله كلمته إنما احنا مش عارفين مين ده هم مش عارفين إن يسوع ده هو كلمة الله كلمة الله ذاته فالراجل هنا بقى استغرب قال لهم إن في هذا عجبا أنا مستعجب أنكم لستم تعلمون من أين هو وقد فتح عيني قال دلوقتي أنتم موافقين وأنا موافق أنه فتح عيني طيب هو موسى قدر يفتح عينين واحد مولود أعمى لا إبراهيم قدر يفتح عينين واحد مولود أعمى لا هل يوجد حد من الأنبياء أو الأبرار قدر يفتح عينين واحد مولود أعمى لا قال ونحن نعلم أن الله لا يسمع للخطاء للخطاء المستمرين في خطيتهم اللي مش تايبين ما احنا كلنا خطاء لكن لو واحد مستمر في خطيته مش تايب ربنا مش يسمع له فلو يسوع ده خاطب جد الله مش يسمع له ولكن إن كان أحد يتقي الله ويفعل مشيئته فلهذا يسمع فالنهاردة يسوع ده هذا الإنسان شفاني بقوة ربنا يعني ربنا اسمع له يبقى إذا يسوع ده بيتقي الله ويفعل مشيئته لأنه لو خاطي الله ما كانش يسمع له كان يسمع له ليه ويشفع عينيه منذ الظهر لا موسى ولا إبراهيم ولا حد تاني منذ الظهر لم يسمع أن أحدا فتح عيني مولود أحد ما سمعناش أبدا أن حد فتح عيني مولود أحد لو لم يكن هذا من الله لم يقدر أن يفعل شيء لو يسوع ده مش من ربنا مش يقدر يعمل حاجة فهو هنا أفحمهم قال لهم معنى إن هو شاف عناية يبقى ربنا بيسمع ولو ربنا بيسمع يبقى الإنسان ده مش خاطئ إيه بقى؟ إيه المشكلة بتاعتكم؟ ليه بتقولوا عليه إن هو ده خاطئ؟ فمعرفوش ردوا عليه فلما تزنقوا عملوا إيه؟ راح طردوا وقالوا له في الخطايا ولدت أنت بجملتك وأنت تعلمنا فأخرجوه خارجا قالوا له أنت ناسي؟ تتولدت أعمى وحسب مفهومهم الخطأ أن طالما هو تولد أعمى يبقى كان عمل خطية كبيرة يعني فأنت إنسان خاطي ومولود بالخطية وجاي تعلمنا فراحوا طردوا طردوا من هيكل الله فوجده إله الهيكل ففي آية 35 يقول فسمع يسوع أنهم أخرجوه خارجا فوجده أول ما طردوه وربما أهله رفضوا أنهم يستقبلوه عشان ما يطردوش زيه فالمسيح دور عليه زي الراع الصالح الذي يبحث عن خروف الدار دور عليه ولا 
وسأله سؤال أتؤمن بابن الله طبعا المولود عم ما فهمش السؤال فرح قال له من هو يا سيد لأؤمن به إن هو ده ابن الله عشان أنا أؤمن به أنت شفت عيني أنا في رأيي أن أنت إنسان نبي صالح فاللي أنت هتقوله هو الحق قل لي مين ده ابن الله وأنا أؤمن به على طول فقال له يسوع قد رأيته والذي يتكلم معك هو هو قال له أنا ابن الله طبعا لأن المولود أعمى المعجزة حصلت معاه فهو عارف أن يسوع بيقول الحق علشان كده من غير مناقشة على طول قال له أؤمن يا سيد وسجد له سجود العبادة وقال له أؤمن يا سيد وسجد له طبعا احنا في القصة دي كان عندنا نوعين من العمى العمى الجسدي والعمى الروحي هذا الإنسان انتقل من العمى الجسدي إلى البصر الجسدي ومن العمى الروحي إلى البصيرة الروحية لكن كان عندنا كتبوا الفريسيين دولت كانوا عميان روحيا ولكنهم ظلوا أن يكونوا عميان روحيا ولم ينتقل إلا للنور لأنهم رفضوا أن يؤمنوا بالمسيح شكده قال يسوع لدينون أتيت أنا إلى هذا العالم حتى يبصر الذين لا يبصرون المولود أعمى ده كان لا يبصر جسديا وروحيا ولكن دلوقتي بيشوف جسديا وروحيا ويعمل الذين يبصرون يقصد يعمل الذين يظنون أنهم يبصرون اللي مفكر نفسه أنه هو شايف هو ده في الحياة أعمى طيب لما المسيح قال لي دينونا أتيت إلى هذا العالم إزاي أصالح الآية دي مع الآية التانية اللي قال فيها أنا لم آتي لأدين العالم بل لأخلص العالم الأباء قالوا آه المسيح هدف مجيئه مش أنه يدين العالم ده مش الهدف مجيء بتاعه ولكن هدف مجيئه أنه يخلص العالم قال لك لما جيه المسيح وابتدى ناس تؤمن به ويخلصوا وناس ترفضوا وما يخلصوش فاللي رفضوه دولت أدانوا نفسهم حطوا نفسهم تحت حكم الدينونة مش لأن المسيح جاء عشان يدينهم لأن لسه الدينونة دي بنقولها ورسم يوما للمجازاة هذا الذي يظهر فيه ليدين المسكونة بالعدل لكن هم حكموا على نفسهم بالهلاك لأنهم رفضوا الإيمان بابن الله فسمع هذا الذين كانوا معهم من الفرسين فعرفوا أنه بيتكلم كلام روحي بقى بيتكلمش عن العمى الجسدي وقالوا له ألا علنا نحن أيضا عميان كان عايزين يعرفوا إيه رأيه هو في القضية دي فقال لهم يسوع لو كنتم عميان لما كانت لكم خطية تعرف زي مثل أنا نظر ضعيف وجيت قلت أنا نظر ضعيف حد يجي يسؤل العربية مش أعمل حدثة فلو أنا يعني أتمت أن أنا أعمى 
مش هيبقى لي خطية دي كان المسيح النور لحياتي وهقدم توبة والخطية تتغفر ولكن الآن تقولون إننا نبصر لأن نظر ضعيف جدا وعدت أصر لا أنا بشوف أنا بشوف أنا بشوف وركبت عربية وبسوق تعمل حدث الإنسان اللي بيصر إنه ما عندوش خطية وإنه بيبصر وإنه فاهم كل حاجة خطياتكم باقية عمرك ما هتقدم توبة عمرك ما تغير حياتك عشان كده الخطية بتبقى باقية ده يوصلنا بختام إصحاح تسعة من إنجيل يوحنا لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين <تصفيق>